Hey everyone, welcome back to the Clergy Suite. I'm Rabbi Dara Frimmer, and I am joined today by Cancer Tiffany Coyo. Hello. And uh, Rabbi Jacqueline Cohen. Hello. Hello, hello. hello. We are really excited to uh, rejoin the conversation around High Holy Days. Uh, and in this particular episode, we're going to be talking about music. So before we get to the big pieces, Shema Kolenu, <laughs> Avinu Malkenu, we'll Kol Nidre. Doing it live right now. That's right. That's right. Uh, I just want to know. Um, what Jacqueline, what do you like to listen to? Who are your influential artists these days? Oh, oh man. Uh, so I am a big Spotify listener. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sort of fallen in love with Spotify for better or for worse. And so for me to be able to access all these different types of artists whenever I want to is great. This is not a pitch for Spotify. This is merely <laughs> we are me, not being paid. me thinking deeper than I would like to. About yeah. it. Um, but I really have fallen in love with Maggie Rogers over the summer. She's a great, really unique artist who sort of combines folk music with a little bit of pop dance electronica. Mm-hmm. So she's super cool. Love listening to the classics. Um, Tiffany knows how much I love Beyonce. Oh, uh, yes. Notice how I call Beyonce a classic. Um, Aretha. <laughs> Uh, listening last night, I, I listened to Tori Amos, which I haven't listened oh. to in a long time. So clearly, I have a a penchant for That's strong women. Shout back to the nineties, um, yeah. too, and um, sometimes some classical. Nice. Just to chill out, mellow out, you know? That's excellent. Yeah. We have been uh, asking um, Alexa to uh, play the Nutcracker March. <laughs> I'm not entirely clear when it started, but um, the girls really like pretending that they're in a ballet and that they're dancing. Uh, and they've decided the Nutcracker March is the um, epitome of performance. And so we do a lot of um, bum, ba da ba dum, bum, 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 bum. Nice. <laughs> uh, Tiffany, what about you? There's the things I listen to personally and then the things we listen to as a family. My son likes rock and roll music, but it can only be in the genre of rock and roll music if if it has the words rock and roll in it. Interesting. So we have a playlist of all the songs that have rock and roll. Like still rock and roll to me. Exactly. Got it. Uh, So we're jamming around the house with that. But personally, uh, just yesterday I was listening to some... And I have my my Apple Music up right here, so I can Ooh, see what I was listening to yesterday. Plug. It's all about yeah. Spotify. It's no, all about I don't Spotify. Do Spotify. So I was listening to Patti LaBelle's version of Lady Marmalade yesterday, <laughs> um, and really enjoying it. And Free I Lady Marmalade. That and one? I was yeah, I was actually thinking that'd be a great cover for Simcot Torah this year. Wow. Um, I'm gonna add it to the list right now. Make a PC version. The other uh, I was listening to Alanis Morissette yesterday. Oh, also a throwback. And I um, ironic. I love mm-hmm. the song Ironic. Uh, and I was thinking about just what I love about Alanis Morissette is she has this, uh, first of all, she has such a strong accent when she sings, mm-hmm. which, I, which I find interesting. Uh, but the second thing is that she has such an intense uh, vocal, like nasal quality about her. And she just throws it out there and she doesn't care. Just she's like, this is me world. This is my voice. And I, I thought you were going to point out that it. she has a Canadian accent. That's what I said. She's a strong accent. But but like you were also talking about like the nasal quality uh, that like her like the tone of her voice too. Yeah. Um more so than like how she says, you know, how do you what's about, Canadian? About, 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 a boot. Yeah, so she's singing, she's like, about Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Love this Alanis. is we're going to create music playlists for everyone uh, based on both pop songs and I would argue High Holy Days. So oh. this is an opportunity for me to sit with our ritual department <laughs> made up of Cantor Tiffany Coyo and Rabbi Jacqueline Cohen uh, and really explore with you guys 
the music of High Holy Days, um, some of the history of why we sing the melodies that we do, and also I think some of the built-in tension, sometimes from not knowing why the melodies change or why is it that we do or sing or practice in the way that we do. And so we really want to lift those questions up and explore a little bit. Um, So Tiffany, start us off. Um, What's been your experience of uh, trying to help people understand the choices that you've made over the years uh, and the balance that you have to strike behind the scenes of presenting High Holy Days to a community of three to 4,000 people? Well, I just go in and say, what could we possibly sing that no one knows? And just create an entire (laughs) service. Uh, Can you imagine? Really, that would be a disruption. Uh, I was, I'm reminded of this practice um, by a story uh, and that I want to share with everyone. I had a conversation with congregant David Chu a few weeks ago and uh, just about this topic, and he shared with me the following story. Uh, when he came to Isaiah for the first time, um, it was the high holidays. So he enters Royce Hall. He is unfamiliar with everything to do with Isaiah, and he was blown away by the experience. It felt... Um, epic and majestic, and he loved it. He goes to Shabbat services every week the following (laughs) year for 52 weeks, doesn't miss a Friday night, and he walks into Royce Hall feeling like, yeah, I got this. I know all the music. I know what the ritual is. And he comes into that experience, and he felt like he knew nothing at that service. Uh, All the melodies were changed. There were really long services um, and he felt that sense of disruption Mm -hmm. the third year that he walks in something different happened he knew that it was going to be different and actually the experience of attending Shabbat services um, so frequently for two years he needed that change for the new year Mm -hmm. and so when he walked in that year he was transformed and he went to a new spiritual place. That's powerful. That that disruption, the same disruption of High Holy Days being radically different than the rest of the year can either unseat you or re-inspire you and energize you. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. So I love that metaphor, and I thought that was a great way for us to begin this conversation uh, today. And I'm wondering, uh, Dara, since you've been here the longest, mm-hmm. um, what has been your... like? your impression of walking into Royce Hall and having that experience. So this is the beginning of my 13th year. Wow. Uh, Mazel tov. Thank you. I'm a bat mitzvah. Uh, Some of my memories also are linked to Century Plaza. When I first arrived, we were doing them in the basement of the hotel. Um, But I would say all of it has to do with, first, the impression of not just that the music changes, but the community changes. That most times during the year, we are not all together. And also most times of the year, a significant portion of our membership does not actively come into the building. Um, Now, that is something that Jews of any denomination practice, that you're a twice a year Jew, uh, and maybe you come for yard sites, but that is your reality. So... Even before I get to the music, the question is, who am I sitting with? Or as a rabbi, who am I looking out at? And when we take the Torah into the community for the Hakafa, the Torah parade, it's seeing people reach across the aisles to kiss the Torah, to kiss me, and be like, oh, I haven't seen you since last year. Um, So I just would push that into, what does it sound like to try to invite a whole community of people to sing together and to pray together? Not even whether they know the melody, it's just they they haven't practiced singing together and praying together. And I think that is also a step that we forget to acknowledge, um, that to invite people into a unified voice requires a certain willingness 
that each person has to agree to. Um, but uh, from the bima, it all looks beautiful. <laughs> but I imagine in the seats, uh, you oftentimes have people who are struggling to find the right page and who mm. are wondering who the person is that's singing behind them so loudly <laughs> or the person in front of them uh, who seems to be really emotional, but they don't know that person enough to tap them on the shoulder and say, are you okay? Even though we're sharing a very powerful service together. Wow. So there's that sense of this giant community coming together and redefining what community is for our congregation during the high holidays. I'm also curious, since we have someone who was here for 13 years, someone who's only been here now for one, one year, year. Um, what it felt like for you last year, your first year. Oh my goodness. Um, so what I remember about the high holidays last year was just feeling this sense of tremendous awe. And part of it was being in Royce Hall and like the majestic nature of that setting. Part of it was being surrounded by such beauty and brilliance from these people who are now my colleagues and like just taking in the energy of the community. Um, it was one of them. I mean, I've led high holiday services since I was I've been, I should say, I've been a part of high holiday services for about 20 years and led high holiday services on my own since I was a freshman in college. So I've had a lot of first high holiday experiences, a lot of sort of um, coming into a space that was already established and bringing my unique flavor to it. And this just, it topped all of them. Like it was just so Aww. beautiful. And, um, and I'm not just saying that because you're sitting right next to me. Mm -hmm. I, I really, it was such a beautiful experience and it was a beautiful experience for my family too. Um, because they also, I mean, this was their first experience praying with the Isaiah community, um, at all, really. I think my parents and my husband had been to like one or two Shabbatot in the summer leading up to the high holidays, but this was really the first time that they had prayed in such a grand way with Isaiah. And it was so meaningful for them too. And, you know, what I was going to say about the disruption piece, um, I think partially because I'm so used to coming into new spaces, you know, you're, when I was working as a cantorial soloist, you know, throughout college and then after college, and then I was a, a rabbinical student, I had internships, like I'm used to the element of disruption because I'm used to new communities. Mm -hmm. And when I was ordained in my first high holidays at the congregation I worked at in Seattle, that was this whole other level of like, whoa, like I'm no longer an intern. This is no longer like a temporary sort of transient role. Like I'm a part, I'm a part of this community. It's legit. And I just, I love the element of disruption. I think it keeps it fresh. I think it keeps it interesting and dynamic. And so um, that's, that's me. So I've learned how to cultivate a spiritual practice that welcomes in that disruption. Great. One of the interesting things for me as a clergy person is uh, the most often uh, forget being a clergy person as a cantor really as a cantor is people often come up to me and they say can you please sing the traditional version of a song <laughs> <laughs> you know that and what they mean by that is they want or those are the two traditional songs but traditional to whom Trad that for some reason those two prayer melodies have become to our reform and conservative brothers and sisters, the version 
of the prayer that Moses must have received at Mount Sinai from God. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing about Osei Shalom was written in the 1960s -hmm. by Nareed Hirsch, uh, who, you know, you can be friends with her on Facebook like me. So that melody is a brand new melody when you think about Jewish history. So when you come into the high holidays, and like Rabbi Dara said, you might be just a two times a year Jew, and you walk in and you want to hear those melodies, or you want to hear at Temple Isaiah, our version of Micha Mocha is uh, the Debbie Friedman version, uh, that goes, we've been singing that for many years. And you go walk in and instead you hear, High Holiday Nusach. High Holiday Nusach. And that already from the start of our service is uh, disruption. That's right. And I think part of what we try to teach, and I think we've we've given Kava note on this, we've given sort of um, prayer introductions before, really trying to help people see that it has always been this way. High Holiday music has always sounded different than the other weeks of the year because it is such a unique experience in the Jewish calendar. Or Jews for thousands of years, you could argue, back me up, it, yes. it has have, have willingly changed melodies, either because disruption is a spiritual practice or because as new melodies enter our communities, we want to be able to celebrate them and let, let them access uh, our souls in a new way. And at the same time, we are a tradition that that puts out there uh, when you enter a sanctuary, whether it's a Royce Hall sanctuary or a Shabbat sanctuary, you should expect to feel a sense of warmth and embrace Mm -hmm. that that is part of why people come to pray. Um, and so what we're offering at the same time are two competing values, um, the, the value of disruption and change so that you pay attention to the holiday and the time of year and who you are at this time versus who you were last year. And also, we want you to feel embraced. Mm. We want you to feel at home. We want you to feel like you left and said, like, that was my people uh, and that was my melody, as it were. I love that idea. Um, and if we were to reframe it um, in the way that... Um, Melodies come and go, and for, and for our generation, that version of Osei Shalom is the traditional one. But 75 years ago, 100 years ago, it was a different version of Osei Shalom mm-hmm. that felt homey. Mm-hmm. The the high holiday Nusach, though, has remained the same for thousands of years. That's the traditional piece. That's the traditional piece. So the ya-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la, that has been happening and disrupting people for thousands of years so you could think so you could think back six generations ago and imagine your ancestors working into walking into their version of Royce Hall hearing that melody and it and it catching them off guard a little bit Mm -hmm. that to me is comforting Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then we also have the element of secular music that makes its way into services where um, I think from from last year and just the experience of high holidays that I had I think that we do really well here where we are not afraid um, to involve melodies that people know. So, for example, we were talking earlier about Lu Yihi, Let It Be. Lu Yihi is the Hebrew sort of equivalent written by Naomi Shemer of the, the Beatles song, Let It Be. And you put together a mashup last year that I think of all the things that we did together over the holidays last year, like that was tops. And it was beautiful and heartfelt and it came at the right moment and I think for many people specifically people who love the Beatles or you know the Beatles are a big part of their youth um, it 
it really hit them like and people said that to us after services where it really moved them and affected them in a way that they did not expect um and so we also last year did the leonard cohen who by fire as part of the unitana tokef um which was a little bit riskier um it's definitely a risky song he's a risky artist who we love very much um but being able to play a little bit with meaningful secular music and trying to understand like what is the the value that we're going to get out of this um i don't know i just i think that's a really cool element of how we can be creative with tradition and with um, the high holidays and also i would say with the mission statement of temple isaiah um, which is your home at the intersection of tradition and innovation, innovation. Um, that we really are trying to understand I think for in general for the reform movement, what it means to take ancient tradition and have it in conversation with contemporary music and practices and issues of the 21st century um, and to think about innovation not as, again, a disruption just to be irreverent, but rather innovation as a spiritual practice that allows us to really test the strength and, and endurance of ancient practices, which I think God and the Jewish people could see had a lasting power that um, certain words, um, certain uh, practices of drawing the community together were not just relevant to our ancestors, but actually are still relevant to us today. So long as we infuse ourselves and our authentic experiences within those ancient practices. Otherwise, I think it's going to feel coercive as if to say these are things that you have to do because your ancestors did them versus um, emergent which is I am, I am growing into this community and into these practices and I can see myself and I can see my family. And this is what is real and authentic for us uh, within this Jewish community called Isaiah. So the music, you can think about it as a tapestry. And so there are those core pieces of the quilt or the tapestry that are traditional and essential. And so you will hear them year after year. And then there are those pieces that reflect the innovation mm -hmm. and that core of who we are as reformed Jews. Um, and we'll experiment a little bit year after year. And those changes, those, that music can change from year to year. And then there are the pieces that feel like home in the Jewish community to us today. And I can't talk about the music of the high holidays without talking about Cantor Evan Kent, mm -hmm. um, who was here for 20 six years 25 years maybe? 25 years mm -hmm. and who really shaped that vision of music here so you will notice during our high holiday services that we uh we still use some of um, Cantor Kent's pieces they might sound very different because they are not sung by a high tenor uh, <laughs> anymore but we still use them they're still sung by our choir Hasharim mm -hmm. um they're sung by us and uh, some of them are not even high holiday pieces some of them are the Misha Berach by Debbie Friedman or the version of Shema that we use on Friday nights, the, mm -hmm. the peak version of Shema. Those are not high holiday pieces, but they've become traditional at Temple Isaiah. So Tiffany, you just mentioned Hasharim, which reminded me that we have like, we have a lot of musical talent in this congregation. Yeah. We have a lot of different musical groups. Hasharim is our longtime volunteer choir. If you are interested in joining our adult choir, uh, please reach out to us, email us. We'd love to have your voice. But we also have pop-up choir which is religious school students k through sixth grade k through six we yeah. have emas and the abbas which you formed last year our parent was a quartet now is septet how many we don't, six we're, or seven. We're, the number has changed we just don't know what to call it 
Ugh. What else? We have our dancers. That's not musical, but also we, we have a, a dance uh, dance group who performs at the family services. Uh, and this year we have something brand new uh, that Jacqueline's been working on, which is the Guitar Squad. Oh yeah! So why don't you tell our listeners about so, that? So yeah, this came out of conversations post High Holidays last year about ways to allow people with talent who are part of the community who want to contribute who want to be a part of it but who maybe aren't as eager to sing um, but who play an instrument to give them the opportunity to um, express themselves creatively and also to bring music out of sort of the the bema the stage area and into the congregation royce hall the way that it's set up it can be you can feel a little far from the action and so we have envisioned something where people who play guitar ukulele that type of instrument you know strumming instruments can go out into the aisles of royce hall and maybe i mean we'll we'll check on this but maybe even in the balcony we'll see there's room there's room up there and um, play the same song all at the same time, simple songs, so there aren't too many chord changes, and fill that space with even more organic sound. Um, so if you are interested in joining Guitar Squad, p- we, would, we would love to have you. So uh, you can email us, you can email me, um, and it's going to be a really cool element to making it feel even homier and more welcoming and more embracing um so we're so excited and that idea for me um comes out of the practice that we have at temple isaiah temple isaiah the cong the clergy is literally on the floor with the community members and we you mean on shabbat on shabbat we are on the same level on the same level we are uh, we are with you mm-hmm. down there. And when you're at Royce Hall, we are so far away. And it's hard to create that same Isaiah feeling in that space. So we're hoping this guitar squad will create, as Jacqueline said, that homey feeling. And I want to bring up one more piece, uh, which many people have already discovered. The links on our Temple website under the media section of not only uh, Shabbat music, but also High Holy Day music. And I want to really encourage people to go back to the website, uh, templeisaiah.com, and under the media section, really look through some of these incredible recordings. The other piece that is new for this year, um, which will be released soon, is a brand new CD, um, Songs of Israel and also Songs of Healing. Uh, and Tiffany and Jacqueline and Danny uh, and Sam Glazer and... Mary Epler, uh, and Piper, Piper, Piper and Piper Rutman, amazing, uh, and a few others have been actively working on recording and now mixing uh, this CD. And it, you know, again, I don't even know who makes CDs in the world anymore. <laughs> that is, it feels like a, 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 an old practice. But what we know is that if you put this in your car, if you're a CD, if you still have a CD player in your car, most people do. If you put it in your car, especially if you have kids, and you show them that they can listen to our cantorial staff. And they can hear the voices of the people who sing to them uh, during the school year. And you can also hear those voices again preparing you, uh, not only for High Holy Days, but also for your connection, deepening your connection to Israel, and also how we all need to pray for healing for ourselves and our families, community, and nation. Um, This may be a really powerful way to access music in preparation for these really huge holidays coming up. Yeah, and if you don't have a CD player, you can access it on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. when it's ready so there's our third shout out to some sort of music platform um, but I know that all of our music is on SoundCloud which you can access through your smartphone and play in your car if um, CDs aren't your jam that's great uh, and don't forget that another incredible music experience that is 
essentially a micro version of the High Holy Days is called Slichot. It happens on the Saturday, usually before, immediately before, but sometimes it's two weeks before, the beginning of Rosh Hashanah. This year it is September 21st at 8 p.m. at an off-site home uh, of a member in Cheviot. More information on the website. But if you love High Holy Days but are sometimes intimidated by sharing it with 1,500 other people, this is a version where you can share it with 75 to 100 people in a beautiful home, all of your favorite melodies and the Kava note, the intentional thoughts uh, related to the holidays run by the clergy. Uh, please don't miss this event. It is a beautiful entry point into the high holiday season, September 21st, 8 p.m. More, more uh, details on the website to come. And just one little, uh, one little promise, one little gift this year that we'll be offering you for the high holidays, um, especially because we're thinking a lot about this year as one of warmth and embrace and comfort is we're adding in some of those traditional melodies, some of those melodies that we know, even if you only come once or twice a year, that mm -hmm. you will be able to sing along with. And we'll be offering those up as a gift for you as a way to really create and strengthen our Isaiah community. Wonderful. And I think we're also going to be giving away hugs and embraces, like actual embraces. Especially, yeah, especially those of us who will be uh, going with the Torah. Yeah. out into the congregation just you know come all Pile come at on, the rabbis all at once yeah. <laughs> um, well I really want to uh, offer my appreciation for Tiffany and for Jacqueline and for the gifts that you bring this community um, year round but especially on the high holy days which is a heightened time of preparation for both of you um, and also one where you take on uh, a leadership of the community that is um, truly driven by some of the most majestic pieces of music that we hear all year so may each of you be blessed with health <laughs> and yes. uh, upper respiratory <laughs> health and sinus health and, uh, and lots of hot tea um, and for the community, we hope that you continue to listen and prepare, and we hope to see you in and around the hallways of Isaiah, but most certainly at Slichot and then at Royce Hall very soon. Shana Tova, everyone. Shana Tova. Shana Tova.